you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. We have made it through one week, so we got, what, 15 more of these legitimately do we have to do? Yep. Yeah. yeah. If, if we're lucky, that means we're getting to the championship week, right? Well, I mean, we, we got to be here for these. No, but we want people <laughs> to be listening because they've gotten to their fantasy championship. Okay, that's true. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. So, uh, yeah, I had a successful week one. Hopefully, you were you're smart and proactive and you got your waiver claims in. Uh, I was up late because uh, I was, you know, one, finishing up the rundown for this show. Uh, you know, after having put the kid to bed and like trying to grab some dinner, and then just as I was about to go to sleep, it was like, oh crap! Yeah, I know. I gotta do wave. <laughs> it's literally yeah. a job when you have like, how many leagues are you in? Uh, thir- 
14. I'm in 12. You're I'm in, in 11. I mean, hey, it, is, <laughs> it, it is legitimately like, have. I mean, it's a great job, but it takes time. Yeah. So it, it, what I do is honestly, like, I, I'm fortunate because I write our waiver wire column here. So literally every time after I, wa- you just I write through waiver it. wire, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I'll post the column and I'll just go right through it. That's, yeah. I mean, that's just what's in my mind. So, I mean, I have that advantage, at least in my corner. That is a smart way to do it because, uh, yeah, otherwise you are up at, you know, uh, you know, trying to beat the clock before midnight, basically, and like putting on. How dare you have a life, Marcus? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> silly, silly me. How dare you? Silly, silly. Yeah. Me. Tuesdays are fun for for most of us. Uh, Tuesdays are typically. Uh, yesterday was a fourteen hour day for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it ended with like you know forty five minutes of waiver wire claims. Oh, good times. Yeah. Uh, we got a big show for you as always. We will preview week two with our big questions of the week. Look at our fantasy gold mines and wastelands to give you some streaming options. Uh, plus. Uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, the, the internet had some fun with Gardner Minshew, so I want to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but uh, before we do any of that, we'll go behind the glass. As always, talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? I'm sure you guys have plenty of uh, of great fantasy uh, like loss stories, but I feel like the worst the worst feeling is like the Monday night game. If you're watching a team you're playing and they have like a guy or two and you're up X amount of points and you're just there just counting how many points each play is. And that's what I was doing Monday night. And uh, so after my team, the Giants loses and I was up by like 60 ish. And then you're watching a guy with new Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. That's no fun. So I started this league. It's a guillotine league. I never played in one before. Right. I'm like, oh, this sounds like a lot of fun. Got, you know, 16 of my friends uh, and the Miz and uh, a whole bunch of people. And, um, yeah, I got guillotined week one. Yeah. My team sucked. I had Goff. I had Gurley. Tyreek Hill got hurt, and I ended up getting axed. So the league that I started, because I wanted to get involved in a guillotine league, I got guillotined. Oh, I'm uh, like Ned Stark. Well, Fabs, let me see here. <laughs> I am in this guillotine league with yeah, you. Let I don't me know see if, you if want I picked it. up any of your players. Do you want Todd Gurley? and, uh, and uh, Ty- That's, that's going to be interesting. Like, you're going to be... The waivers process. You're, I, I don't think it starts until today, but I okay. basically, if you are in a guillotine league and the team that had Tyreek Hill gets knocked out, which is the situation here, like he's out four to six weeks. Right. Like that's, do that's, you, do you actually you, like eat a roster spot up? Yeah. In the claim and how much do you pay for him? Right. Yeah. yeah that's you uh, guys, you guys have the conundrum, man. Cause I'm out. I put in some, some pretty big doll hairs on DJ Moore. That's going to be uh yeah, that's going to be a really interesting thing to look at and, and talk about. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, Eddie, talking about that, though, I mean, just nothing worse than the, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching your lead just kind of tick down point by point. And then uh, especially like what you want is you want the team that has those players to have the lead. And you're like, hey, I need you to run the ball. Huh? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and, and the worst thing is when your team has a good output and you're like, oh, I would normally beat 10 out of 12 teams in my league. But you're facing the one guy who actually can get you from behind. And it's yeah. just like, man, fan- I mean, that what, that's what makes fantasy fun. It makes you, uh, you know, stress about every single move. Stressful. That goes Dude, so you remember at the end of the Raiders game, right? Yeah. Uh, I was playing Scotty in from Anthrax. I had like a three-point lead. He had Josh Jacobs still going. And after the Raiders got that first down, I'm like, oh, they're going to kneel on it. And then they ran Jacobs. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so Jacobs got that one run and got me, uh, I think I was up by like less than two. And then they knelt down. And I was like, oh. Yeah, you find yourself becoming like, I was a yeah. huge fan of the Saints that day and Saints defense. I never was in my life. And you know who then. won me that week? Will Lutz. <laughs> with this, with 15 that, points. The, the 58 yard Giddy up. There. So there you go. Kickers matter. Oh, man. Here Sorry, we go. Jake. There are plenty of things to talk about. So uh, let's get into it and let's do some news. <laughs> Let 
through the news. I uh, want to start with a, a serious piece of news, and you likely saw this or heard about it overnight. Uh, a lawsuit was filed in the state of Florida, a civil lawsuit uh, accusing Antonio Brown of several instances of sexual assault and rape. Uh, Brown's lawyer has released a statement uh, claiming his client's innocence. The Patriots have released a statement saying that the, they have been made aware of the lawsuit. The league itself is investigating the incident. Those are the facts as we know them as we record this podcast at about 8.20 in the morning uh, Pacific time on Wednesday. We don't really know much more than that. I, I will simply say that uh, at this point, it is all extremely preliminary and incredibly inappropriate to try to analyze this really in any context, but least of all, or most of all, I guess, from uh, what is a very trivial fantasy football perspective. So uh, I'll just leave it out there as those are the facts as we know them. Obviously, we would be remiss to not mention this because it is a major news story involving a very prominent player in the National Football League. So uh, that's that is all we know right now. I'm sure that you know there will be plenty that comes out uh, in the days and weeks to come. And I think that's kind of all that that I want to or need to say uh, about that right now. Just keep tabs on the situation. That's it. That's um, it. Other football-related news, and Fabs, you alluded to it uh, just a few moments ago. Tyreek Hill, we know, is out four to six weeks. Uh, that is the bad news. The good news is he's not going to need surgery, so hopefully it is just limited to this month or six weeks that he's not on the field for the Kansas City Chiefs. It is definitely a blow for fantasy managers. It's a blow to the Chiefs offense. Sammy Watkins obviously had the huge week one. We didn't talk a ton about Nicole Hardman uh, necessarily in the last few days, but obviously, Fabs, this means a bigger role is coming for him in the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah, he was one of those players. Uh, I'm pretty sure Graham had it uh, him in his article, but uh, sort of a no-brainer, but there was just so many big wide receiver performances. You know, Hollywood Brown, yep. A.J. Brown, John Ross. There were so many Gallup. There were so many big wide receiver performances that suddenly he sort of almost got swept under the rug. Yeah. But now with the news that Tyreek Hill's going to miss a month or more, dude, you want shares of that Chiefs offense. And, and Nicole Hardman was drafted by the Chiefs in part because he sort of had some of the same skills and abilities as Tyreek Hill at a time when the Chiefs didn't know if they were going to have him for 2019. So he needs to be owned in all leagues. This just locks in a full-time role for him, but I, I think... I think Kelsey and Watkins are just going to eat these next couple of weeks. We haven't seen this offense without Hill on the field. It'll be interesting to see what Andy Reid does schematically um, to kind of um, alleviate his loss. But I just think Kelsey and Watkins are, are, are going to go nuts here these next couple of weeks here. They've got Oakland uh, on the road. Then they get Baltimore home. Then their next couple of matchups against Detroit Colts. And the Texans are uh, pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you made an interesting point, too, just now, Graham. Like, we haven't seen this offense nope. without Tyreek. We've never seen Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. We, we have no splits on that. We have no idea how that's going to work. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, ideally. Well, we saw what happened last week, but. Yeah, I mean. I mean, that's all we have. They're really, yeah. Everything kind of kept on moving. Like, the line just kept on moving. It wasn't really a big deal. So just, now we'll get our first look. Just one final note here. I'd keep an eye on Demarcus Robinson, too, um, and DeAnthony Tops, uh, Thomas. Uh, Thomas was made inactive, I believe, last week. Um, he's now going to be inactive, uh, active in week two because they released Byron Pringle. But, yeah, Demarcus Robinson is also just a name to keep your eye on in deep leagues. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yep. uh, yeah, we'll get So, uh, also, ju just to, to piggyback on that, Jaguars defense got wrecked last week. Are you targeting them? This week, 
Uh, I'm not. I mean, I look Fuller. At, I mean, Nuke is an option no. for you know for everyone. That's that's obvious. See, this but was, this was the problem with Fuller. I mean, this Stills, was the with Jags anybody? D. This is why I didn't take Jags D in any of my leagues because their schedule was just brutal to start. I'm not going to start them against the Chiefs and Texans. Right. Yeah. No, I'm talking about oh. the players matchup against oh, the Jaguars. Okay. Do you do you still fear the Jaguars defense as a bad matchup for yes. Fuller, for Stills, for Nuke, even though, again, Nuke is going to be a guy who's active I mean, across the board gotcha. still. Absolutely. Even yeah. after they looked awful on their home field in the opener. Absolutely. I mean... It, against normal offenses, but the Texans and Chiefs are not normal offenses. Right. I think yeah. that's I think that's sort of the way to look at it is that you have offenses that are sort of next level. Exactly. Like so if, basically the defense if, is really not that good against elite level competition. But then well, if they're playing against a team that doesn't have a great offense, then that's I think we're getting a different into, scenario. This, this is a fun matchup conversation because yeah. I actually think offenses dictate matchups most of the time. Um, but yeah, in situations where it's like, I don't know, let's say the Lions are playing the Jags. Yeah, I'm going to downgrade Kenny yes. all day. But it's right. Tyree Kill and New Hopkins and dudes that just can get open at will against anyone. Yep. And Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, then yeah. That's it. Fire him yeah. up. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin says he is, quote, optimistic about Juju Smith-Schuster for week two. He was dealing with a toe situation, went in after that loss to the Steelers and, and had x-rays. And uh, by all reports, came out of there uh, pretty unscathed. He was not, you know, didn't have a boot, didn't have crutches, seemed to be walking pretty well. So, you know, I, everything seems to be okay for that. I, I, I have some kind of questions a little bit. I know people sort of looked at last week, and it was a decent game, 78 receiving yards, I think, what, six catches, something like that. Wasn't it was great, not, yeah. It was not a great game. It was not a terrible game. Uh, I know people have asked me if they should be worried. I don't know about you guys. I sort of looked at this as this was the Patriots doing what the Patriots do and taking away your best option, and so I'm yeah. not – I'm not really freaking out about what I saw from Juju in week one. Yeah. And the matchup this week, I mean, the Seahawks gave up 276 receiving yards to the Bengals last week. Yeah. And Dalton threw for what, 418? Yeah, 418. <laughs> and he completed nearly 70% of his passes. This is a feel good matchup. The Seahawks. all season long without mm-hmm. Earl Thomas. Mm-hmm. And Marcus, you mentioned it. People just came out of the woodworks because they were so prepared to give their Juju Smith-Schuster can't be a number one receiver right. takes <laughs> right. without considering that Bill Belichick literally does this every single time. And Dante Moncrief is, I mean, he's their number two receiver, but he, right. he was terrible. Right. Terrible on Monday night. He had a couple drops. I mean, the Patriots do this every time. Right. I mean, I look at it. Belichick is good at doing this just week to week. Now you've given him, what, six months to get ready for yeah. this? Like, you know, this, this Steelers and Juju are going to get right in week we, two. We should, we, we, we should have sort of. One would think so. Yeah. Juju is going to go nuts. I'm calling it. Yeah. Uh, in Cincinnati, Joe Mixon had an MRI. It came out all good. He right now is questionable for week two. Uh, they got a matchup with the 49ers this week. I, I would think, Graham, that if if Joe Mixon is good to go against that Niner defense, I would I would give him a shot this week. Yeah, if he's good to go, uh, keep an eye on it. Obviously, it's just Wednesday morning. We'll probably get full practice report. Um, um, Thursday afternoon, but he should be good to go, and I'm, I'd fire him up. It's like but I picked up, I picked up Geo in leagues where I could use a flex starter just in case. Yeah. So because I, I, I don't know that he's he's no lock to play. Um, we got to see what his practice status is, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. But Geo, if you're hurting for a flex starter this week, he's he's worth a look off the waiver wire. And uh, if Mixon plays, then then you dump Geo. But uh, worth a look just right now based on the information we have. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's fair to go. Uh, other running back news, Darius Geist dealing with a knee injury. He is likely to miss time. Uh, this I is a, su- such a bummer. It yeah. sucks, dude. I, it, it I texted him 
right when I heard the news. And, you know, literally he just said, I can't catch a break. Yeah. And I feel so bad for him because he's such a good dude. Uh, he, he's really done great things because, you know, there was there was the whole situation with the draft. And, you know, there was there was reports that were negative about him. And then he's gone to Washington and just just embraced that community and has done so much for the fans of the Redskins. And I was really rooting for him, not only just as a fan, but a friend. And um, and now it's it's back to Adrian Peterson. And Adrian Peterson is, is a player that even though he's you know he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore. Yeah. He rushed for over a thousand yards behind basically the same offensive line, and now he's going to get the lion's share of the touches. Chris Thompson also obviously worth a waiver claim as well. Thompson's so underrated as a pass catcher because he always gets hurt. Yeah. But when he's out there, he's going to be involved in the passing game. So he's yeah. worth a look also. Marcus's favorite PPR platinum play. Uh, yeah, Chris. Th- look, man, I was big on the Chris Thompson train last year, and it didn't no, quite yeah. work out, but I, 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 I bought in last year. But it's not for a lack of ability. It's because he's not durable. Just, right. And so that's why he was, like, so underrated in PPR leagues. I mean, I was in drafts, so he didn't even get picked. Jay Gruden freaking loves him. I mean, when, they, when the Redskins get behind, like, Chris Thompson is always going. Mm-hmm. on the field. I think that's actually it, it might be one of the main reasons Thompson can't stay healthy is because Gruden plays him so much when they're <laughs> behind and sorry Redskins fans. They're going to be guys, behind a lot. You guys have been behind quite a bit and you're going to be quite a behind, <laughs> behind quite a bit again. You're going to be behind this week too. Uh, Chris Thompson that. played 62% of the snaps in week one. Now obviously some of that is because Darius Geis got hurt and, and to play a little Peterson more. was an Thompson ran. Oh, I think Thompson ran like 37 routes. That's like the same amount as like a, wide, a full-time wide receiver. That's a lot. That's a full-time wide receiver. Uh, snap he's he's kind of like Tariq Cohen light. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peyton Barber reportedly will remain the Bucks starting running back. Uh, this is after Ronald Jones had some nice runs. He, he had so, some nice action. I didn't even recognize him. Because he's, he's bulked up, right? I saw, yes, him, he has. I saw him get the ball a couple times, and my first thought is, is that Peyton? No, it's not Peyton Barber. Do they have In-N-Out Burger in Tampa? Because <laughs> I don't know if he, he spent the offseason in, in Southern California just chomping down on those things, but he bulked up, man. What be, he's what, a big what, boy. What is the Florida burger of choice? I mean, they have Hardee's, right? We, what's Carl's Jr. on the West Coast is Hardee's on the East right, Coast. Right, they have Hardee's. I lived in South Florida for uh, like five and a half years, but there was no like... Like, you know, a specific yeah. burger place. It was okay. basically like Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, that kind of stuff. It wasn't like you have in uh, in L.A. Yeah. with uh, In-N-Out. I, right. lived, I lived in Jacksonville for over 10 years, and yeah, same thing. Uh, yep. Five Guys, wa- we have Whataburger. We have Whataburger over there. Yeah. Whataburger's not very good. Nah. Um, I know we're going to get angry tweets from Texas, but meh. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh, I mean, so, I, I mean, how are, we, how are we feeling, though, about this this running back situation? Do we Do we care does it change anything we do I, I don't think you can put any of these guys in your lineup no i picked up rojo just as a speculative ad but i'm not playing them i mean the, after what Jameis did to me last week i'm so scarred you know that i don't know if i can touch Jameis or the backs obviously you're starting evans obviously starting godwin and howard but that offense just Ugh. I'm starting guys that are required to basically be started in fantasy leagues, which to me is Evans, Godwin, yeah. and, uh, and and OJ. Other than that, you I'm avoiding that team. You can't play any of these guys on a three-man running back by committee. Yeah. No. no. Especially when Ogun Buwali is just getting all the passing He's going to get so many of the passing downs, right? That's I think that's the thing that's going to throw a wrench in, in all of them. I just call him Dari. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I mean, like, I think his sister seems to be on track to be uh, WNBA Rookie of the Year. I mean, Good for her. So sick. Yeah, man, that's, that's a, awesome. Pretty, man. A, pretty athletic family. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the Patriots make a trade for another wide receiver. Well, they traded Demarius to the Jets. 
Actually, actually, I shouldn't say they made a trade for four. They made a trade with a wide receiver. That is more. And accurate. they are not going to trade someone in division to the Jets that they think has anything left in the <laughs> tank. I think it's a combination of they don't think Demarius has anything left in the tank. And also they looked at Adam Gase's offense in week one and they're like, this offense well, is not going to hurt us. Yeah, I know. I, well, that's somewhat true. But also Quincy <laughs> Noonwood was put on IR this morning with yep. another neck injury. And the yeah. Jets have new receiver depth outside of Crowder and, uh, and Anderson. Yeah. So this is um, DT's like fifth team. Yeah. Third year. Third, his Dude, this is like this is fourth team in like what? 12 months, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's bounced second around time, second time. Yeah. Denver, Houston, uh, New England. And you know what the funny part about is the Jets could have freaking gotten him for nothing. The Patriots cut him. They cut him. And they he was cut him. There. He was a he was a free agent. But for a Jets while. are going to jet. Uh yeah I didn't so. even I didn't even realize that you're right yeah he they could have there. signed him for nothing I forgot they cut DT for like 24 hours uh-huh. and then they brought him back so you missed your window Jets uh I mean I guess you know it doesn't really need to be said we're not we're not doing anything with this right we're not we're not adding DT yep. no or anything like no that. I mean the only way Demarius Thomas is getting added is if something very bad goes uh goes on with the Antonio Brown situation and even then it's deeper leagues yeah I just. I, I can't Even then, it's, it's deeper. Leagues. I feel like there was a lot of places I would go before I, I added uh, Demarius Thomas. Yeah. In any kind of league. Yeah. If if there's a, a big name receiver out there that suddenly is not available, uh, and people are desperate, then maybe you you flip the switch on DT. But there were so many good wide receiver performances this week of fantasy free agents that. He's going to be on the waiver wire most of the season. Uh, in Indianapolis, Devin Funches is going to go undergo surgery. Uh, another collarbone injury. This was not a good mm-hmm. week for collarbones uh, around the NFL. Uh, he's going to go on injured reserve uh, for an extended period of time. And so, you know, I, I, ostensibly, this opens up some more wide receiver targets uh, somewhere in that offense. Paris Campbell, maybe, uh, will get some opportunity. But I feel like maybe the the bigger beneficiary of this is is Eric Ebron and and or Jack Doyle because I feel like the, the biggest advantage for Devin Funches was being a big target in the red zone for this offense now that he's gone I, I feel like the tight ends probably end up picking up the slack here <laughs> I I don't think any of us liked Ebron coming into the season and he almost had a touchdown he uh, dropped it it was a, a right. laser right in his hand but, but here here's the issue that duo Combined for five targets last week. Okay, so Devin Funch is no longer being the mix to your point. Maybe that helps them. Uh, Jack Doyle played 68.3% of the snaps to Ebron's 39.7. And this is sort of mirroring what we saw in 2017. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this is a trend we saw last year where Doyle only played like five or six full games. But in those games, he out-targeted and out-snapped Ebron. So I think based on the numbers... Jack Doyle should be owned, and Ebron is is the the second fantasy option at tight end in Indianapolis, and neither one is uh, very attractive at this point. So, are we saying Ebron's a, a one year wonder? Is that kind well, of well? We knew that. We I mean, knew well, that. I knew the, the fourteen or fifteen touchdowns. I mean, gonna he's going to end up being like Braylon Edwards. He had that one big game, and then his career went down the tube statistically. Ebron's going to end up having the same situation. I mean, oh, I thought you meant he was going to trash talk LeBron again. No, no, no. I'm talking. Remember, Braylon had like <laughs> I that one Braylon year. Edwards. Derek Anderson. It was like what year was it? Uh, 2007. I can't remember what it was. But Anderson, like, well, he was a Pro Bowler. He had a huge season. Braylon Edwards had you know oodles of touchdowns, and then 
That was it. Uh, yeah. No, I remember that. I remember. I also remember him getting a little bit, uh, you know, full of himself, and then he uh, said or, or tweeted or something some some really nasty things about LeBron early in his career. And next thing we know, LeBron or uh, Braylon Edwards was traded <laughs> to New York. Uh, so you you found out pretty quickly who yeah. it was that was running the city. Well, of they don't call him the king for nothing. Found out who ranks. You found out who ranks. So there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. Uh, in case you didn't know, football is back. Watch live, local, and primetime NFL games for free all season long with the Yahoo Sports app or the official app of the NFL on your phone or tablet. Plus, get all your latest breaking news, highlights, and more. Download the NFL app or the Yahoo Sports app in your app store or at NFL.com slash mobile today. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. All right. Week two begins in, uh, let's see, I can't do math. Less than 36 hours from <laughs> right now is when we are recording this. Uh, it'll be a Thursday night game between the Buccaneers and the Panthers to kick things off. So we might as well get our week two preview out of the way because we don't have another podcast this week. That's how it works. Uh, have our big questions of the week, or at least my big questions of the week. Yours may differ, but uh, I came up with three of them. The first one. Will OBJ and the Browns be on time for fantasy managers this week? You see what I did there? Because OBJ and his watch, and will they be on time? I see it working. Yeah. Uh, I stayed up really late to come up with that one. Um, (laughs) But the bigger question is, obviously, week one was a dud, right? We expected some big things. We had heard the hype. We all got excited. And the Titans pretty much, you know, put their foot down and, and didn't let much of anything happen. Um, this week they have the Jets. It's Monday night. It is the last game of the week. Can we, Graham, expect better things in week two from this Browns offense? I think so. I'm expecting a bounce back. That Browns opener was a little bit of a weird game, right? They they start the start the game with a, a great touchdown drive, and I believe their next seven drives either ended in a punt or a turnover on downs. And then it was 15 to th- uh, 13 with just like maybe 17, eight minute, 18 minutes left to go in the total game and um, competitive game. And they just kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. I, I think they'll bounce back here. I mean, OBJ's usage was fantastic. I uh, saw 11 targets. Nick Chubb was on the field for you know 70 plus percent of snaps. I, I think that this is a good get right spot here against this Jets team that's banged up. Um, CJ Mosley and uh, Quentin Williams are actually both questionable this week. Yeah, what I'm really looking forward to seeing is how Kitchens adjusts that offensive line having so many problems last week and what he does to remedy that because you couldn't get Nick Chubb off in that game. He obviously had a mediocre stat line based on his high standards from last season. Baker was awful. Uh, Baker could have had six picks in that game. Uh, It was was terrible. Uh, Part of it, not unnecessarily his fault because he was getting pressured constantly. So really interested to see what Kitchens does to better protect uh, Baker Mayfield this week on Monday night. Yeah, I, you know, I would be surprised if they go because they had a lot of kind of longer dropbacks, a lot of longer developing routes. I would think this week we see a lot more quicker stuff, quicker stuff, right? A lot yep. more reliance, maybe which maybe works for Jarvis Landry, especially out of the slot, but a lot of a shorter routes for OBJ uh, as well. I was a little surprised they did so many deep drops against that. Like, I mean, the Titans front seven isn't fearful, but they're definitely but it's not un- bad. Yeah, they're, yeah they've, it's been not under, like they're they've been underrated terrible. for a couple years. Yeah. Uh, so it was definitely a bit of a surprise, and I think I think they sort of got a full measure of the issues they have across their offensive line as well. That Kevin Zeitler trade still still pisses me off. Yeah, they should have, they should have never traded Zeitler to 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 uh, Giants. To the Giants. To the Giants. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, which 
rookie wide receivers are for real. It's it's funny because when we went through fantasy draft season, um, there wasn't that much buzz about the wide receiver class. I mean, you know, obviously DK Metcalf, that buzz after the combine sort of calmed down. We were sort of waiting to see what would happen with Hollywood Brown because he wasn't 100% healthy throughout that. But beyond that, there just wasn't a whole lot of talk about this wide receiver group. Then in week one, we know Marquise Brown has the huge game. A.J. Brown plays well. D.K. Metcalf makes some plays. I mean, all of a sudden, all these guys. Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin goes out I know. and plays really well. You know, So all these guys that we hadn't really talked about throughout the preseason end up you know, going and showing out in week one. So now, Fabs, I guess the question for me is which one of these guys is for real? Which one of these guys just happened to, to fall into a big day in week one? I'm skeptical, bro. I mean, I, I honestly didn't get any of the rookie wide receivers who came up big in, in week one. And I didn't really put in many claims for, for these guys. Like Marquise Brown played 12 snaps, 12. And it was tremendous what he did last week. No one saw it coming. It was the Dolphins, though. I mean, that defense is terrible. And that offense, again, last year ran it 64% of the time when Lamar Jackson was the quarterback. And that's part of the reason why Brown didn't get drafted in a lot of leagues because we all brought up the fact that the Ravens are a run-based offense. So I, 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 the matchup's good this week. It's really good this week. But long-term, you know, I said it on the show yesterday. I'd rather pick up Jamison Crowder, Michael Gallup. I'd rather have those guys. I'd rather have John Brown, uh, Terry McLaren. Great game. Tremendous game. Uh, surprise. And at some point, if we do see Dwayne Haskins, those two have that rapport going back to Ohio State. But I, I, I'm just not, I'm not a believer yet. Uh, DK Metcalf is going to get opportunities. I like him better than I like Marquise Brown uh, or Terry McLaren. And I'm not adding him as well. I, I would say the one thing about Hollywood Brown that I, I am encouraged about or at least want to be optimistic about is that because of what he did, he'll see more snaps now, right? I mean, right. one of the things John Harbaugh said in the offseason was that, you know, he's still sort of behind. He's working his way up. But I would think that after you yeah. do what you did, uh, the coaching staff would be crazy not to give you more opportunity. And that that is that's the optimism I'm hanging my hat on. I, I'm with you completely on that. I mean, Brown basically he came um, he did not play in the Ravens' first two preseason games. Made his debut in that third one. Only played a handful of snaps because he was still uh, battling back from the foot injury. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think we'll see Brown's role increase, but. Sure, there's going to be games where Baltimore is is very run heavy and Brown only has a few targets. But I mean, we we've now seen the ceiling and the, the lid lifting ability and his ability to create after the catch is just huge in this offense. The Ravens are going to face so many eight man fronts. Brown is going to face so much single coverage and be able to just beat DBs deep all year. Uh, I would say with with DK Metcalf, um, the thing that I would worry about is that you know what, what happened on Sunday. They double team Tyler Lockett a lot, which is why he didn't see the ball all that much. I don't know that they're gonna that teams are gonna do that. Like I don't think that's gonna happen this week against the Steelers. I think he's gonna oh, see a lot of single coverage. Lockett I think, I think such Tyler Lockett's a going to good eat. play this. I think week. he's gonna I think he's gonna eat this week, which means you know DK Metcalf suddenly sees his numbers come down a little bit, and you know I'm just not uh, you know. I, he obviously showed me something, but I, I'm not. I'm sort of with you, Fabs. I don't know that that happens week to week. The Steelers gave up 51.4 fantasy points to Patriots slot receivers. They are, last they are not good against slot receivers. And that's what they had struggled with last season as well. So, um, is absolutely in a get right spot here. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, yeah. He, he, he no doubt is. No so, doubt. Yeah. Uh, and then 
So we talk about rookie wide receivers who really took off as a group this week. The rookie running backs as a group generally kind of fizzled this week, except for Josh Jacobs, obviously, who had the, the 24 touches and had a huge game with two touchdowns on Monday night. So now I look around and I'm, I'm asking the question, Graham, which of these rookie running backs is actually going to emerge? David Montgomery uh, was a disappointment. Miles Sanders got caught in, in a committee there. Devin Singletary actually had a, a pretty good game there, but you know he's still... Uh, had fewer touches than, than Frank Gore. Is there one of these yeah. guys? I, I think David Montgomery pops. Maybe that's just me, but I, I hope one of these guys at least steps up. Yeah, I, I think we'll see the Bears kind of get their running back usage right this week. I mean, that that o- opening game was just so bizarre. I mean, Trey Burton and Anthony Miller, well, Burton didn't play. Anthony Miller was mm-hmm. clearly banged up with an ankle, ankle injury, and I kind of have this theory that they basically used Tariq Cohen as a wide receiver in that game because they did not have have either of those guys. Mm -hmm. Kind of limited Montgomery, and and Mike Davis played a ton. Devin Singletary played on 70% of Bill's snaps in week one. Even though he only got like nine touches, I mean, they were very explosive touches. Definitely someone I kind of want to buy low on in all of my leagues because if there's one Bill's back here that has the talent and ability to to be a workhorse and and play all the snaps and, and uh, hopefully, you know, take all the touches here. It's it's Singletary. Yeah, one of my sleepers this week, uh, Singletary, no question about that. Going back to the Montgomery situation, I mean, it's hard to start him this week. I mean, his usage was nil. I mean, he was the low man on the totem pole in snaps between Davis and Cohen. Uh, he had seven touches. His ceiling is way higher than those two. I mean, there's no question about that. And the Broncos just gave up a big game to Josh Jacobs. But usage-wise... That really limits Montgomery's attractiveness to me to maybe flex starter value this week. I'm sitting Montgomery this week, Fabs. The Broncos laid an egg, yes, on the road in Oakland on Monday night. But this defense is so different at home in mile yep. high per, per uh, Warren Sharp. I think the Broncos are like 22 and two in the opening two weeks at home. I mean, they're they're very very difficult team to yeah. beat uh, in my yeah. Montgomery's on my sit em list. People are going to have to start him because they they took him in the fourth round. So at at worst, he's a flex starter, but. You don't have to like this. I think at some point, I think we probably all can agree that the Bears will get Montgomery more and more touches as we get or sure. throughout the course of the regular season. He needs to improve in pass protection. Uh, if that happens as well, that's going to be good uh, for, for his usage moving forward. But for right now, you can't have much confidence in him as a fantasy player. I mean, does it mean anything, though, that the Bronco run defense wasn't great last year? I mean, they gave about four and a half yards of carry. They gave mm-hmm. up almost 120 yards a game per, uh, on the ground. Um you know, and we, we saw them get gashed by Josh Jacobs on Monday night. I mean, that's fair. I, I mean, is that is that I don't know. I, I looked at that as sort of a reason to kind of be optimistic. Plus the fact that I think Matt Nagy looked around and was like, hey, maybe we should use this guy. Again. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, by the way, it's almost as though the, the good people over there at Roto World who are our friends and neighbors uh, were listening to us as we were talking right now. Uh, a report just came out that Sean McDermott says Frank Gore remains the Bills' starting running back. Mm. No, he's not because he's not playing <laughs> the full share of snaps. He's not playing a full share of snaps. Like starting these guys, man. These starting coaches. doesn't necessarily mean leading the team Ugh. in touches. Uh, the the so the the t- uh, tweet from uh, Marcel Louis Jacques, who uh, covers the Bills, McDermott says Bills' pecking order at running back is Frank Gore, Devin Singletary, T.J. Yeldon. And to that, I say, okay. <laughs> so, okay. uh, anyway, that's uh, that's where we are right now there in Buffalo. Uh, looking at some games that could be fantasy gold mines that could have points all over the place this week. I picked three of them. The first one, 
the Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders. Uh, you know, the Raiders look good. There's no doubt about it. You give credit where it is due. They looked very good against the Broncos on Monday night. But they've now lost Jonathan Abram for the season. He went on IR with a shoulder injury. He's going to have to have surgery. He's likely done for the year. Gary and Conley, who suffered that scary injury, uh, looks to be okay and, and hopefully will be back this week. But uh, they're facing the Chiefs, man. You know, no, There's no two ways around it. Even with Tyreek Hill, this is still a scary dynamic offense. Uh, the Chiefs' defense, though, is, is prone to giving up points and yards. Uh, Fabs, I feel like this is one where there could be points to be had on in both offenses, uh, especially with the way the Raiders played on Monday night. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so it's so uh, so funny how things quickly change. Where you know, Sammy Watkins was almost like a fade last week, oh, playing the Jags on the road. He goes ballistic. Hill gets hurt, and suddenly, I mean, he's he's a top ten wide receiver this week in, in every rank list that you will see. Yep. Um, on the other side of the, uh, of the ball, though. I like this Raiders side. I, 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 I like. I think Derek Carr is a worthwhile QB two in uh, you know superflex leagues. Uh, I like Tyrell Williams a lot. Josh Jacobs is bringing something. Uh, we saw that last week. And Darren Waller, our pal, right, who we all talked about as being a sleeper that you should watch out for in Week One. I predicted he would lead the Raiders in targets, and he did. This dude now is a top 10 tight end moving into week two. How quickly things change. Yeah, man. I really like this Raiders side. The the, the last two times Carr has played the Chiefs at home, he's had over, uh, I think, three touchdowns and 300 yards in each game. Um, the, the, I rewatched the, the Raiders-Broncos game yesterday. And I'm, I know this will piss some people off, but I actually really like the Raiders offense. I do. No. I liked it. I liked it. It was Gruden, good. Gruden got the ball out of Carr's hands very, very quickly. Um, this kind of minimize the pass rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked how there's a there's a lot of rhythm early in the early in their uh, their offensive sets. Uh, Darren Waller was split out as a receiver and basically was used as a wide receiver in that game. Played hundred percent of the snaps. Actually, I really like this spot for this Raiders offense here. The the Bronco pass rush was non-existent yeah. on Monday night. I mean, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb really were just not factors at all. Uh, you know, in fact, you talked about cars at QB two. I saw a tweet this morning from Rich Rebar, uh, and, and you know he mentioned that uh, he's been the QB4, Carr has been the QB4 yeah. and QB2 overall in his past two home games against the Chiefs. Nice. nice. And the Chiefs just got yeah. torched by the combination of Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew. Jacobs is won. a fantastic yeah, play right, this I, week, too. Fournette only had 13 carries last week, but he had, he had like over five yards per carry. Stardom and Sidham will be up later today, and you will see Derek Carr as one of my quarterback sleepers. There nice. you go. Yep. Uh, New Orleans at the Rams. Now, I know both of these teams have good defense. Well, first of all, the last time these two teams met, uh, let's just say that the good folks in New Orleans had some disagreements with uh, how things ended there? I was was shocked to hear the Saints fans don't like the refs. Um, I mean, let's just say, look, the last time these two teams played each other, we ended up with a major change to the rule book in the offseason. So uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. Well, I mean, mean, let's, let's be fair. They got robbed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, was a, it was a blown call. Yes. It yes. will go down in the history books as one of the all-time missed calls in sports history. Yep. Uh, but this week, I, I'm predicting that there will be no such major calls like that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this week. But both these teams on paper have very good defenses, but they both also have very good offenses. And I feel like regardless of what each team is bringing to the field defensively, 
um, you're still going to go into the week and feel at least fairly confident. I mean, on, on you know the one side with Breeze, Kamara, Michael Thomas. Uh, on the other side, I mean, I don't know, maybe Jared Goff, but certainly Todd Gurley yeah. with what we saw. Those three I wide like receivers. I like Goff this week, actually. This um, is a get-off spot for, this, for both sides. Yeah, I don't Goff. mind Goff this week. Goff has some pretty major home road splits over the last couple of years. At home, he's averaged uh, nearly nine nine yards per pass attempt, over 300 yards per game, uh, over 25 fantasy points per game. And we've been on the road. His his YPA yards per pass attempt dips by basically about a full yard, uh, 75, 80 fewer yards per game. And um, we get back home here against the Saints secondary. I mean, outside of Marshawn Lattimore, these uh, Eli Apple and P.J. Williams do not scare me. I think this is a, a great spot for Cooks, Woods, and Cup. Yep. I mean, we saw Eli Apple get mossed by Will Fuller uh, early in that Will game. Will Fuller is so good. Oh, man. just He's so know, good. He just needs to stay healthy. That's it. If he just stays healthy, it, it's a whole new world out there. Uh, what are we thinking or how are we feeling about Malcolm Brown this week? I mean, we, we know that Gurley played the lion's share of the snaps in that backfield. It worked out that Malcolm Brown is the guy who got in the end zone a couple of times. Um, I know, Fab, it's it's sort of a, a smaller opportunity for him, so you're really banking on efficiency or goal line touches. I mean, would you take a chance as a flex play with him this week or what? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Um, clearly, he had standalone value last week, but I, again, I think it was sort of the perfect scenario. We saw Gurley get more than 70% of the offensive snaps. He led the team in touches, and it was Malcolm Brown who had the goal line opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned Demoris Jones-Drew, was that on purpose? Are they taking the goal line opportunities away from Gurley? He said, no. It just happened to be that when the Rams were in those situations, yeah. it was Malcolm Brown's a series. So I, I'm still fine with Gurley. Uh, I think he looked good in the second half of that game. I really yeah. do. So um, start Gurley. And I do think it's smart, though, that if Brown is on the waiver wire and you're a Gurley owner, pick him up, handcuff him. Um, again, how quickly things change. Daryl Henderson, no longer on the fantasy radar, really. <laughs> for a, now. For yeah. now. For now. And and to be honest, if if Gurley should go down, Brown's going to start, and then Henderson would sort of be that pass-catching right. Chris Thompson Remember, sort of option. Remember, at the height of the Gurley panic this summer, Daryl Henderson, was got, he got up to what, the seventh? Seven, sixth and seventh yeah. round I saw him. It was bananas. Yeah, and so now all of a sudden we're like, hey, you know, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Not. Uh, the other potential fantasy gold mine of the week I had on my list, the Eagles at the Falcons, a, a battle of the birds. There's um, a couple of those this week. Right? Cardinals Ravens, too. That's right. Uh, which, by the way, just a funny Jimmy Kimsky tweet. He uh, he mentioned that Doug Peterson uh, in his career as the Eagles head coach is, uh, or at least his, his career as a coach, is 3-0 and against the Falcons, but overall he is merely 4-3 and three against bird teams. So, <laughs> you know, do, do with that what you will. Um, these are teams that both have potentially potent offenses. We saw the Eagles really pick things up in the second half against Washington last week. The Falcons really could never get going against the Vikings. They picked up some yards and some touchdowns sort of late once that game was pretty much decided. But, Graham, these are two teams that, you know, while the Eagles are good up front, their secondary oh, really yes. has issues. And the Falcons, we know their secondary has issues. I think, you know, both both these quarterbacks are going to let it fly this week. Yep. Oh, yes. The Falcons, are, I, I love this Falcons passing attack yep. here in week two. Uh, mm-hmm. Julio at home is always just just an auto lock button. And Calvin Ridley on the backside of seeing uh, Julio getting all the all the looks against these, uh, these Eagles boundary corners. Um, 
definitely a good spot for both. Fire him up, man. This is Matt Ryan. He saved his game last week with the two touchdowns in the fourth (laughs) quarter because otherwise he was awful. And 18 fantasy points you'll take, but it's not great. This week, I think you're looking at Matt Ryan giving you 22 to 25 fantasy points. Uh, Big game for him. Carson Wentz, big game for him as well. So uh, this should be a lot of fun, a lot of fantasy points uh, floating around there between the the birds. How do we feel about the Eagles backfield situation right now? I mean, I I said on on Fantasy Live on Tuesday that I still think Miles Sanders is sort of the guy you want out of that group. Saw a lot more Darren Sproles than I would have anticipated in week one. Yep. Um, The the Falcons are terrible when it comes to pass catching backs. They weren't very good against rushing backs. I I mean, Dalvin Cook had his way with that group. Um, I mean, Fabs, like I said, I still lean toward Miles Sanders, but that's just kind of a messy situation there. Yeah, I mean, he still led the backfield in snaps. He had 48% of the snaps, and um, he led with 11 rushes. And at some point, I do think, sort of like Montgomery, he'll end up taking the job at some point and and, and running with it, no pun intended. But, you know, they're going to sprinkle Sproles in there. Jordan Howard, 23% of the snaps. I mean, at this point, Jordan Howard's not even really rosterable in most fantasy leagues. But... I think it's going to take a little bit of time, uh, sort of like carry on Johnson last season, but Sanders will end up taking that job. And this week with the matchup being what it is, I mean, Dalvin cook ran all over this defense last week. Sanders, I think is in the flex starter conversation. Definitely. And here's one of the biggest takeaways I took from the Eagles week one usage is Sanders basically played double the amount, or he basically played the same amount of snaps that Sproles and Howard played combined. He ran 16 routes. Sproles and Howard uh, combined to run 17, and he had eight pass blocking snaps. Like, they're already entrusting him in pass yeah. protection, and he yep. had a great pass block uh, that's, on, on a Wentz pressure. There. That's so big for, right. for yeah. young running backs. If you can pass protect, that's, I mean, that is huge. That was one of the things I know in training camp they were sort of working with him on and wanting him to get better about. Right. If you were expecting a big game from Sanders in week one and him getting him getting like 15 to 18 touches, that was never happening. But now that we've seen the usage, we've seen him be able to pass protect. Yeah. yeah I think that it's a huge, is going to start to spike. It's a huge advantage for offensive coordinators, too, because, you know, a lot of times you hear stories about, well, you know, this running back has got all the talent in the world, but every time he came off the field, the opposing defense knew we were going to throw the ball right. because that kid can't pass protect. It's so important for these young backs to learn how to pass protect. And if Sanders can do that, and by Graham's point, looks like they trust him, well, that, that that's a very big positive for his fantasy value moving forward. And I think ultimately he's sort of a hybrid of Darren Sproles and Jordan yeah. Howard, you know? Yeah. So if, if he can, if he really can step up that part of his game and he can stay on the field for passing down, Sanders had a gorgeous thing. touchdown run called back due to hold. That's true. Too. That is also part of it. I know for folks who, who may have started him and were disappointed, yep. you know, I know you don't get points for it, but at least there's reason to be encouraged about what might have been with him. Uh, the fantasy wasteland, some of the games that may leave you looking around and scratching your head when it comes to fantasy production. The first one, the bears, at the Broncos, you're talking about two of the top defenses in the league going against each other and two offenses that just couldn't find anything in their first week. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, uh, he struggled. Joe Flacco looked like he was running in mud for most of the game out there trying to roll out. Um, Flacco holds the ball for so damn long. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was told he was entering his prime when he signed with the Denver Broncos. Just get rid of the ball, dude. (laughs) Who told you that, Joe Flacco? John Elway said that. That was one of his comments when he signed Joe Flacco. We think he's entering Uh, his prime. We think he's our guy. John, John Elway was a great quarterback, but let's be honest. Outside of signing Peyton Manning, which is a no-brainer, 
uh, his decisions at the quarterback position has not, not been all that good. He has not acquitted himself as no. a very good quarterback talent evaluator. I, I, I tweeted that maybe this yeah. is some elaborate scheme so that people just don't forget him in Denver, that they'll always, they'll <laughs> and always so, love and revere so, him. So as a Cowboys fan, too, Back in 83, the Cowboys were like this close to getting John Elway. Mm-hmm. Like they were going to trade Danny White, who I love. They, they were this close and then it didn't end up happening. He ended up going to Denver. Now, so many years later, John Elway, as an executive for the Denver Broncos, goes and gets Paxton Lynch. The Cowboys were this close, Marcus, so to the, trading so this, up to get Paxton Lynch. So he, and then they wouldn't him. have gotten Dak Prescott. So... All of a sudden, it's like as a Cowboys fan, I'm like, John Elway, uh, you know, taketh away this time, and uh, now he giveth. Yeah, John this, Elway has this always, was good. He's kind of been a big part of your sporting life there, Fab. I know. He was also he, drafted by the Yankees. He was almost going to go play for the Yankees. Yeah. He didn't want to go to the Colts, I think it was, yes. when he was first drafted out of Stanford. The Baltimore Colts. The yeah. Baltimore Colts. Yeah. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go play baseball for the Yankees. Uh, and then, you know, he ends up not going to Baltimore. He goes to Denver, blah, blah, yep. blah. Yep. You know, so I do want to get your take, though, on Allen sure. Robinson this week because. Yeah. The, you know, the, the general consensus is that, you know, Robinson's a great wide receiver, but his quarterback is just not all that good. And he got peppered with targets last week. I believe it was 12 or 14. And it, last season, he had double digit targets in one game. So do you expect that kind of usage to continue? Is Trubisky sort of going to have tunnel vision towards Allen Robinson in a tougher environment in Denver this week? Is Robinson still a play for you? Yeah, definitely. I don't expect Chris Harris to to shadow either. I mean, the, the Broncos' corners kind of got dusted up just a little bit by uh, Chris Harris' is a fantastic player. I don't want to take anything away from him, but there are other boundary corners and their slot corner just not very talented. Uh, not the same secondary that we're used to, to seeing there in Denver. Yeah, I think I can fire up A-Rob as like a low-end receiver too this week. The Bears should be trailing in this game. I actually think the Broncos... Wow. I think the Bears might be trailing in this And let me give a, a, a quick little nugget on Trubisky, who most people are not going to be starting even in two QB leagues. But in his career in the NFL, if he has failed to rush for 40 yards and or a touchdown, he is averaging fewer than 11 fantasy points in those games, which means... He can't compile points as a passer alone. He needs to have success on the ground. Last year, the Denver Broncos allowed an average of 5.8 rushing yards per game to quarterbacks. Trubisky is a big-time fade this week. Yeah, big time. I, I I wouldn't touch Trubisky at all this week. There's no, there's With no a 39-and-a-half-foot pole? Yeah, there you go, <laughs> Mr. Grinch. It's not Christmas yet, but it's coming. Mr. I'm already Grinch. seeing ha- Halloween stuff is already everywhere, Remember, so it's uh, going to be here. Mr. Green. Seeing Halloween stuff, which means pumpkin crap is coming. What do you mean coming? It's here. Everyone's all over this pumpkin spice stuff. Pumpkin spice spam. That's right. We we didn't talk about that. that? Do they have that? Yeah, we actually, one of the, yeah, uh, it was a day uh, you you were, I think, uh, you were on vacation maybe, but we did a pod uh, with Mike Flory who sat (laughs) in and we went through a list of of pumpkin spice themed things that seemed gross. uh, And we talked about whether we would would try some of these things. Uh, Other fantasy wasteland, the Buffalo Bills staying in state uh, and going to play the New York football. Actually, they're not staying in state, right? They're going to New Jersey to play the New York football giant. Yeah, they're they're playing in MetLife again. They're, They're playing. Yeah, they're playing. (laughs) They're playing in New Jersey. Two New York teams playing in New Jersey. But either way, um, look, that Bills defense is very good. You know, I know the Giants, you know, they they found yards. Evan Ingram had a huge game. Saquon was Saquon. But they're facing a very good defense this week in Buffalo. The Bills on the flip side, um, you know, Josh Allen struggled at times. Uh, You know, we, we talked about Devin Singletary having a pretty nice game. 
but this is not an offense that is prone to just exploding and putting up points. Graham, I, I don't know that there's a ton of production. I think Saquon is Saquon's fine. Evan Damn. Ingram, I think, is going to get targeted. But beyond that, I, I have a hard time finding anybody on Big Blue that, that I really like this week. Yeah, on the Giants side, sure. Evan Ingram and, and Barkley is about it. Every matchup is a good matchup for Evan Ingram. Um, Love I, I think you're a little too low on the Bills side this week, though. Uh, okay. I, yeah, the Giants just, right. just gave up like 400 yards and a, a bunch of scores to Dak. They only pressured him on one of his 32 dropbacks. Josh Allen definitely was a mixed bag last week, but two of those interceptions were not his fault. Um, and John Brown was, I mean, John, John Brown, Brown was John Brown is like, so underrated. I like dude. Josh Allen this week. Yeah, I like Josh Allen. I really too. do. Okay. Yeah, I like yeah. Allen this week, too. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm in on him. All right. He's, uh, not a, he's not like a 10 or 12 team play league play but like I don't know. no 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 yeah. yeah but i i think he can have a a, a fine game and even even in a game last last week that was kind of like you know jekyll and hyde and in he the stats. ran again he ran for score again yes <laughs> like, you, you read my mind yes like like uh, every week like sure josh allen is not going to have the highest passing floor but he had another game with 10 carries i know that's wild i yeah. know that, and, that, and that that backfield is uh, is in a state where Josh Allen's going to have opportunities Man, to run the football. That, that continues to be wild. Just wish this game was in the Ralph. I would be all over the Bills here. That is on the road. In oh, the wow. Ralph. The Ralph. Nice. Uh, this is one I, I don't really know how to feel. I put this in the fantasy wastelands, but I'm not necessarily married to this idea here. The Bucks at the Panthers. Um, I'll say the Bucks defense last week looked better than I thought it was going to against the 49ers. Jameis was a dumpster fire, though. Uh, <sighs> don't remind me. He, he was awful uh, last week. I feel so bad for telling people to start him. Yeah. Um, it's all good. Oh, you know, the, the, the Panthers awful. were, I mean, it was it was Christian McCaffrey just tearing, taking that team on his shoulders. And obviously it wasn't quite enough to get the win, but he carried that team on his shoulders all game long. Cam had the worst rushing game of his career, negative two rushing yards. Um, so, like I said, I, there may be some fantasy points here. I'm not, I am not, you know, opposed to taking this out of the fantasy wastelands category, but I, I just think there's a wide range of outcomes with what happens in this one. No doubt. I mean, in division game uh, early in the year, kind of always on Thursday of, night. Yeah, on Thursday and always kind of a weird spot. But uh, I think that will be Cam Newton's worst game of the season uh, in, in week one. I game. should hope so. Uh, will be, <laughs> Cam is Cam is always liable to have one of those games where he just absolutely well, sucks. Let's get it out of the way now. Then. Let's get it out of the way now against the Rams. <laughs> it's fine. Let's, so, let's so get so right he, against the Bucks. I have Cam in, in a two QB league. I'm starting him. Uh, and I, I just his numbers since that shoulder injury occurred last season mm. have been dreadful. Yeah. Mm. I, I like the matchup historically. Cam has really done well against the Buccaneers. So I'm going to play him. but I will tell you this. If cam gives me another stinker, I, I'm going to start thinking about putting him on my bench. That's definitely <laughs> if fair, the matchup a is fair right point about the shoulder. Uh, I don't, I didn't notice any, any, Big signs of like pain or any throwing right. velocity lost. I mean, Cam has always had one of the most live arms in yep. the NFL. I didn't notice any, any, uh, any drop off there, but I did look back. I mean, um, last week the uh, Panthers got the ball out of Cam Newton's hands at the fastest rate in the NFL per next gen stats. He got the ball out of his hands in 2.2 seconds on average, by far the fastest rate in the league last um, last week. Norv is obviously trying to get the ball out of Cam's hands into you know more and and Samuel and McCaffrey's hands in in, in space, but um, 
I wonder though if he's still not able to throw deep like he once was. Well, I, I like wonder. He once was able to. Well, there's that. Also, you know, a lot was made about him and his new throwing motion this offseason, right? I mean, remember the the Panthers did some weird Twitter reveal about Cam's new throwing yep. motion, and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" Um, but and we don't care, <laughs> right? It's sort of like, okay, um, you know, and look. It, it, Somebody who is you know better at observing these sorts of things than I am can probably tell you you know whether or not he followed through with it, whether or not he slipped back into his old habits. That part I you know I I can't really accurately tell you. Um, but you do wonder like how much he's still getting used to this new throwing motion as well. Now sure. you know it's one thing to do it in practice; it's another thing to do it in live game action. Well, he's definitely got a much better matchup here. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that's that's reason for him to bounce back. Uh, some streaming options, quarterback, tight ends, and defenses here. We actually, I, I got a couple guys on the list. We have both talked, we talked about both of them yeah. uh, as being good plays. Derek Carr, Josh Allen. Uh, Carr definitely against the, the Chiefs. You guys both mentioned that you like Josh Allen this week uh, against the Giants. Um, I don't know if there are any other quarterback streaming options you guys really identified for this week. Yeah, I think Allen and Carr are the top two. Yep. Uh, Brissett, if either of those two are not available, but I, I would have to imagine Derek Carr is available. He's available in, in a lot of leagues. Pretty much every league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yep, yep, and, and I think he's probably less owned than Allen at this point. Yeah, so. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tight ends. Darren Waller obviously made a huge impression in week one. Bro, bro, he's graduated from streamer, man. He is a yeah. straight-up starter. He may be at this point. Uh, you know, obviously, he was still available in a lot of leagues as of yesterday. I would think that that number changed quite a bit It overnight. should have, yes, sir. You would think that it changed overnight, but Darren Waller is a guy that, that suddenly is on the radar or uh, our pals, the fantasy footballers, referring to him as the Walrus, which I kind of like. I kind of like that as a nickname. Yeah. The Walrus? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and then my other one, I had Jimmy Graham. Uh, and maybe because I'm a little, little bit bitter because I had him on the bench <laughs> in one league and he scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, six targets, three catches for 30 yards and the touchdown. I mean, the the Packer passing game was not great in week one against the Bears. Um, you know, the Vikings. Uh, what about Vernon? Vernon, but I, I thought about Vernon, but now there's talk that Jordan Reed may come back and play yep. this week, which mm-hmm. sort of would, would kill any, any options for yep. Vernon Davis. So that's uh, that's something so, to keep tabs on. Yeah, so that's something to just keep an eye on there, because I did. I thought about Vernon Davis, and I checked on Jordan Reed, and, and there's a good chance he may play this week. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, I went Carolina just because, you know, Jameis, man. <laughs> he throws the ball to the wrong colored jersey a lot. Houston is on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues because they played the yes. Saints last week. Mm-hmm. I actually picked up the Patriots in a couple of leagues. That's which shocking was, to me. Which was surprising. Yeah, that's, no, the Patriots were out there in a few leagues I was in, too. The Cowboys are a good play this week yep. as well. Um, the Ravens are not a streamer, but th- don't don't be afraid of, you know, the whole Kyler Murray thing. Like, he's still a rookie quarterback road game. I, I still think the Ravens are, are, are in play this week. No question about that. Yeah. Uh, so those are some of your, uh, your streaming options there for uh, week two. Uh, just scrolling through the NFL Fantasy Twitter account just to pull out some, uh, some tweet questions here. Um, so I'll just throw these out to the group. You guys can answer them as you see fit. Uh, Matt Breida against the Bengals. Josh Gordon against the Dolphins and a half point PPR. Is Antonio Brown playing? I don't know. Yeah, we don't know that. I don't know. If Antonio Brown plays, then I'm, I'm, I'm going Breida. But, I mean, if Antonio Brown doesn't play Gordon against the freaking Dolphins. <laughs> Graham Barfield, giddy up! For one, for one half. 
Well, I for one right half. Right. It ended up like 35 nothing. It's okay. the crap out of the If it's a huge half, half, then that's yeah. fine. I mean, hey, you know, Marquise Brown did a lot with a little, with so, you know. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Duke Johnson, or Jamison Crowder in a standard league? So standard tilts it. What is standard? Well, <laughs> how about traditional? Can we call it traditional? Traditional, leagues? yeah, that works. Yeah. Um, Who's the I first mean, guy? Duke Johnson, D-Jax. And Jamison Crowder. Uh, so like, I think I'd go D-Jax, standard league. Duke Johnson's main value and Crowder's main value too comes from those receptions. I think I go DJ. We didn't talk about how much Carlos Hyde got the ball on Monday night. That was a surprise yeah. to me. I don't think any of us want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. I don't think it was actually that big of a surprise. I mean, Duke Johnson still played over like 65% he, of snaps. He, he doubled up. I think it was like 39 to he, 20. Yeah, he's got, he doubled he's, up. he's got by far the more valuable role in the passing game. I, I'm not surprised that Hyde took is going to take like 8 to 12 carries. I mean, Duke Johnson can't Harry handle 20 carries a game. True, true. Uh, he did a lot. Hyde did look good though he looked good yeah. he, isn't that every time he broke off a big run i just like this this voice in my head kept saying he's just not that good he's just not that <laughs> good and like I who is that i know everybody keeps saying that like it's early and, and he like yeah he was wearing arian foster's number i'm like we'll, i'm like what the heck's going on we'll, here we'll see what hyde looks like in week five carlos hyde is basically taking right. a year off new team it's week one against the saints yeah that's fair that's fair uh, oh, Patrick O'Reilly. I'm sorry for this question, man. Uh, Peyton Barber or Raheem Mostert? He says, I know it's bad, uh, but it's all I got. It is bad, bro. Mostert. It's bad, man. Mostert for me, man. Wow. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't pick up, like, Chris Thompson I, or somebody. I, I mean. I want new part of this Bucks backfield. New part <laughs> yeah. Of uh, all right. Um, ooh, Hollywood Brown or Stephon Diggs? Diggs against the uh, uh, Packers this Diggs. week. I don't. I, yeah. I, I, Diggs, the Vikings are going to have to throw the ball way more than 10 times this week. All right. All right. Um, Trey Collins wanting to know James White, Damian Williams, or John Brown? Damian Williams. Damian Williams right. led the NFL in red zone touches last week. Yeah. All right. I think it's Damian. Too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Find. Uh, oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Tyrell Williams or Allen Robinson? Ooh, Graham Barfield. What do you think, pal? Gazelle I think or I ha- I think I have Williams ranked higher than mm. him this week. God, man, I actually think I go Tyrell here. Yeah. I like I like A Rob a little bit this week. Um, but yeah, I think I think Tyrell gets the Chiefs. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, well then we'll we'll stay one in division. Then Stefan Diggs or Allen Robinson. I have Robinson ranked higher. That one's ex- I have that's a push. I really have a strong <laughs> take either way on that one. My goodness. Okay, all right. Maybe I guess A Rob. Okay. Uh, ooh, okay. Well, one more. This will be the last one here. Tyrell Williams or Tyler Lockett? Oh, Lockett. Yeah, Lockett. Okay. Yeah, Lockett that, in. That, that, that Lockett into your lineup. All right. All right. So there you go. So those are uh, a few tweet questions. You know, always you can uh, you can hit us up either individually or you can hit us up uh, through the NFL Fantasy account. Uh, I would say that if you do it individually, you probably have a better chance of, of maybe getting a response there. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally... This has nothing to do with fantasy, but I just thought it was fun. Gardner Minshew has taken over, obviously, as the starting quarterback down there in Jacksonville. Is he on Twitter? I got to find him. Uh, He is. I think it's actually Gardner Minshew. I think think that's actually his his Twitter account there. But he was uh, at the podium doing his his press availability yesterday, and people were tweeting out photos of him. You know, there were... uh, uh, The thing that everybody takes away is the mustache, right? And so I went last night. There he is. Last night I went on Twitter and I just searched the words Gardner Minshew looks like because I just felt like I'd get a whole <laughs> bunch of great responses. So I, I went through 
And I pulled a few that really kind of tickled my fancy. Uh, one that I saw a lot of was that Gardner Minshew looks like White Goodman from Dodgeball, uh, Ben Stiller's character. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah. nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Uh, you know, so there was, there was a lot of Gardner Minshew looks like, like White Goodman. Um, there was a lot of Gardner Minshew looks like uh, Uncle Rico, which I don't know if I see the Uncle Rico thing necessarily. No. But uh, there was a lot of that. But some of the some of the tweets that I thought were really really funny. That's yeah. his Twitter page. Yeah, he's got his Twitter. His Twitter page actually. If you go to it, the the cover photo there is him. Uh, it's it's his head photoshopped on somebody driving in a car with a Jaguar uh, <laughs> next to him. So he, he went to Washington State. Yes. In one surprising start that no one thought he would make, he was better than every Ryan Leaf start in NFL history. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he played for he played for uh, Mike Leach up there and that that air raid offense in Pullman. I was um, actually at a party and Ryan Leaf was there earlier this year. He's a big dude. He's a big man. He's a big He's dude. He's a big big man. Yeah. Uh, but some of the tweets I thought were that were really funny. Some of the the Gardner Minshew looks like uh, one. Uh, Michael Hoff, the FF the FF realist, says Gardner Minshew looks like a tire salesman. Uh, which I could see. <laughs> I could see if I walked in there and he, you know, tried to sell me some tires. Uh, I, I, I can't. I can't picture in my head the stereotypical look of a tire salesman. I don't know. I just. But I. If you told me that he looked like a tire <laughs> salesman, I'd be like, okay, yeah, okay, sure, all right. Oh, right. I will say his uh, his actual player for, player profile picture looks much better than the the. Uh, look he had in yes. the post-game press conference. I'll yes. Uh, actually, somebody did a side-by-side -side of him with Tom Brady, and the tweet was, you know, one of these guys is 23, one of these guys I is saw 42. That one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Garner Minshew, he's 23 years old, but he literally looks 35. He does. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that that's like Hunter Renfro. <laughs> well, because Hunter, Hunter Renfro, Renfro looks like he's forty five. Because he's got, you know, he's got the the severe widow's peak going up Hunter there. Hunter the Renfro front, looks man. like an accountant. He does. Yeah, he does. Right, exactly. Uh, LC my taxes. Nineteen eighty six says, "Why does Gardner Minshew look like the bad guy in a Forensics Files episode?" <laughs> um, uh, let's see where else. Uh, Dad Socks at Dad Socks says that Gardner Minshew actually reminds him a lot more of an in life, in real life Randy Marsh, who might be the greatest character in South Park history. Um, <laughs> oh man, you know uh, that's pretty good. I can see that one. Stan, Stan's dad, yeah, I can see that for real. Uh, oh, this was my this might have been my favorite one. Slim C V A says Gardner Minshew looks like the understudy for Pablo Escobar's character in a Midwestern town's local community theater rendition of Narcos. Which I, I read that and I almost choked because I thought that one was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, Gardner Minshew looks like Budget Ben McAdoo. That was from at Eat All the Pizza. Uh, man, that one's true too. <laughs> right? Oh, there's some there's some gold in here. There's some gold one. Uh, Robert Mays, who does great work over at the Ringer, uh, one of their football writers, says somehow 23 year old Gardner Minshew looks like your 58 year old uncle that has a Coors banquet permanently attached to his right hand. Ah, uh, <laughs> you know there were a lot of a lot. I, of, I, I have uh, an uncle who had uh, a black label permanently attached to his hand. Right. There were definitely a lot of you know Gardner Minshew, you know high, the high life or Coors or what have you. There's a lot of that. Uh, for Gardner Minshew out there. This one, it wasn't so much a Gardner Minshew looks like, but this is an actual story you know, with some quotes. Uh, this one is from uh, Brian Floyd, who, uh, uh oh, I lost the tweet. Here we go. Uh, Brian M. Floyd, 
And it says, uh, yes, Gardner Minshew also does exercise bands in the locker room wearing only a jockstrap, shades, and a headband, sometimes naked too. Sometimes Steve Spurrier even walks in on him doing it. Because, Interesting. Uh, I, Minshew was in the AAF, correct? Yeah, I read that. And, and apparently, I guess Steve Spurrier's son walked in on him uh, doing some of these naked band workouts. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can imagine it probably was not a sight you'd want to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's not so great. So, uh, hey, so Gardner Minshew, hey, congrats, though, on what was it, an outstanding first effort there as a, an NFL quarterback. Now, you know best cr- of luck in your first start. You know what's so crazy about these backup quarterbacks? Like, if Minshew plays just reasonably well mm-hmm. these next six to seven weeks that the Jags are out, he will have a job for the next five or six years. Yeah. That's how this works. That's all you NFL. need. If you have a, yeah, well, a I mean, decent dude. run as a backup quarterback, like, Graham, you have a job for the next five or six Matt years. Matt Flynn made millions yeah. doing that. Rob Johnson made millions doing that. Uh, Scott Mitchell made millions doing that sorry just, they didn't really pan out but you yeah said rob johnson and this usc sorry, just pal. got a stomach ache uh, oh I man apologize uh but uh you know all it takes is you just find one oc or head coach that likes you yeah and as long as that head coach or oc is in the league you've got a chance to stick somewhere you, you want to talk about ocs who are going to get head coaching consideration yeah Kellen Moore. Absolutely. Kellen Moore. It's going to happen after this season. The Cowboys go as long as they and make keep a it deep up. run, and, and that offense yeah. keeps clicking. Kellen Moore is going to be one and done in Dallas. He's going to be coaching somebody yeah. next as season. As long as things don't go sideways, Kellen Moore is probably going to get Bite old. your tongue. So, hey, there you go. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading, as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if you want to make everybody happy, sell ice cream. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.